Richard Shea is a website developer who's been building websites for 20 years and has seen lots of trends come and go. He says there's a battle going on at the moment between the technology available to build websites and how people are using them. I think we're at that point of internet history where we, we can all download large content off the internet because most of us have Wi-Fi or 4G, but we're using handheld devices on a small five-inch screen. And what about developments in voice recognition and their impact on web design? I don't see voice search happening anytime soon on websites. I think interactivity will always remain just as a few clicks. Google is a wise old search engine and it reads the text as a human would. Then there's the rise in self-build website systems like Squarespace. How do they compare with more conventional platforms? WordPress, in terms of choice and options, is without a doubt the king. I think it has, if I remember rightly, 60% of the market in terms of content management systems. In today's show, we're exploring what communications professionals need to know in order to optimise campaigns for the web in 2018. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Really appreciate you coming on here today to talk specifically about website design and the way the technology and everything else around that has developed over the last couple of years and sort of looking forward a bit to what's going to happen next as well, because it's an important area that I think is maybe missed a bit by a lot of people in the communications industry. Indeed. You and I know what web browsers are, but I realise now a lot of people haven't got a clue. They just click the E icon on their desktop. Yeah, I even come across it now. you know, I go and see companies and like, well, you can put this Chrome plug in and they're like, what's Chrome then? Yeah, I honestly do think a lot of people think it's like a turbo. That's all it does. <laughs> yeah. It's not a replacement piece of software. But um... My first question really is related to website design and, and build. How do you think that has developed over the last couple of years? What's been affecting that? Well, the last five years, I think it's changed dramatically in terms of programming from a developer's point of view, because we're finally using HTML version 5, which in technical terms means we can easily host video, audio. I mean, as someone who will be listening to this right now, uh, it's embedded via an MP3, which five, 10 years ago was quite difficult and people were streaming it on their phone. The biggest challenge we've had though in the last five years is mobile responsive design. That is to say a website has to change the layout up to three times sometimes, depending on if you're viewing on a desktop, laptop, tablet, or a phone. So it's become a challenge to have a good design, which has to change shape depending on whether it's a five inch screen, which has to stack all the content vertically, whereas you could still have a visitor with a 24-inch screen, even 4K these days, and would ideally want to fill their screen horizontally. Five years ago, mobile use was only around 10%. 2016, that exceeded 50%. So you can understand why it's changed dramatically in that respect. Yeah. So when you're putting a website together nowadays, do you design, for example, with mobile first in mind, or do you try and do it more holistically so that the site looks good across all platforms it's going to be viewed on? Yeah, the latter, it's got to be across all platforms. It rather depends on your customer. I've got two jobs for the first time where mobiles probably are the priority. I say probably because even the the client still doesn't quite know because they're new site. With Google Analytics, it's quite easy on existing sites to analyze what the target audience are using in terms of devices. But the challenge is, yes, to come up with a design and concept which works on, I say three resolutions, because you've got to include tablets, which is somewhere in between. That's still a challenge, but primarily... 
it's still desktop. But I think that's going to change in the near future as we see more and more people using mobile phones, and particularly websites. Most people tend to use websites as a source of information. You're not going to buy from a website, buy from a company because their website looks fantastically glorious. It's all about content at the end of the day, surely. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think, I mean, from my perspective, certainly from a Google perspective, they're heavily pushing mobile first. Does that affect the way you do things? I mean, are you led by what Google wants? Yes, yeah, without a doubt. That's another change we've had in recent years. One of the days where meta tags and keywords and splash intro pages were, were quite important. Google, well, you know very well, Google is a wise old search engine and it reads the text as a human would. So when I talk to a client regarding content, it's always get your bullet points, get your keywords on the homepage at the top and use the headlines correctly. And we can't populate keywords in hidden areas. I even remember the days, I mean, we're talking 10, 15 years ago, we used to use white text and a white background at the bottom of the page and that would fool Google <laughs> yeah. in a higher ranking. Those days have long gone. We can't do any of those tricks now. No, absolutely. So related to that, one of the other episodes in this first season of the Digital Download podcast is about voice recognition recognition and voice search. Is that something that you are experiencing yet? Or do you think that's not really cutting through yet in terms of how websites are being designed? I use voice search quite a lot. In fact, I would say I use voice more on my phone than I use the keyboard because the Google keyboard or Gboard, as they call it, is near perfect for voice to text. So I tend to use that when I'm filling out forms on websites or I need to type quickly a long email back to someone. Yeah. Uh, I don't see voice search happening anytime soon on websites. I think interactivity will always remain just as a few clicks on websites. Besides, if you're already using Siri, Google, Bixby, Amazon Echo, Alexa, to ask questions to find results, you often have your results right in front of you. Yeah. And it's just one click. Yeah. So I think voice search will probably remain just for the initial search or the website that you're after. Yeah. Okay. So people are going to come to websites using voice, but once they're on, it reverts back to standard keyboard operation. I think so. With the exception, perhaps, of when you're doing an internal search on a website, but a well-designed website shouldn't need a search unless it's massive content heavy. Uh, let's say, a, a, I don't know, a blog that you're looking for, a particular blogging section. I'll be honest, I don't think that many people, by the time they've clicked the search button or into the search field and they're on a train or they're out and about with friends, they really want to be talking to their phone. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just easier to type. There's a privacy issue as well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So what about web browsers themselves? How's that been changing? That's been fantastic from my point of view, from a programmer. We've had a headache for many years of users having older browsers such as Microsoft Explorer. You will find some websites may not work correctly and quite right. A lot of banking websites no longer support these older browsers. So that's a massive change. At last, we've got browsers which also automatically update. That's a big difference about Google Chrome. It's one of the few browsers that silently updates itself. I think it's on version 58 or 59 as we speak, but there's not many browsers that would automatically update themselves for security and functionality. Previously with Microsoft, it was quite clunky getting Microsoft to do updates on a, on a Windows computer. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I'm a big fan of Google. Not in terms of just Chrome as a browser, but I use a Chromebook as my computer. For parts of putting this podcast together, I have to use a Windows machine, and I despise it, I have to say. And the updates that come through, whereas the Chromebook just does them without me even noticing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, Google Chrome for me is the biggest improvement on the internet 
I, well, I think it's the single biggest improvement full stop because even when I'm talking to clients who may have an aging Windows 7 machine with Internet Explorer, a lot of clients don't quite understand the software that's being used. They'll just click a blue E icon that's on their desktop. And when I've told them and try Google Chrome, uh, they've often come back to me and said, Richard, that's fantastic. The website's now running faster. I can access websites I couldn't access before. HTML version 5 means now websites are really just a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that covers some of the sort of tech stuff. In terms of visuals of how websites have developed, I've noticed over the last maybe five years, different trends emerging of how websites look as examples of that. So firstly, the whole idea of a scrolling website kind of came through. And then we had parallax websites where you have a moving background or a moving image over a still background. Yeah. Then you have what I refer to as checkerboard, which is lots of placeholders on a website that can sort of move around and fit the yes. screen resolution. So there's all these little trends in web design happening. I mean, are they literally just trends that come and go that you've seen come and go? Or is there something more fundamental behind that that stays? No, I think you, you nail on the head there. That's they are trends. The checkerboard reminds me rather of what Microsoft failed to do. They failed miserably with Windows 8. They had a checkerboard system and they got rid of the start button. That's right, yes. And the Microsoft mobile phone, of course, if you think of that, that was a whole checkerboard system. You could still buy a Microsoft phone, but they failed miserably. They had less than 1% of the market compared to that of Android yep. and, and Apple. I, I think the checkerboard does work. It's good. But I think it was just a, a fad. Yeah. I still sit on a few websites, but I think websites generally have almost settled the navigation along the top logo, either left corner or the middle. It works. It's a tried and tested system. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, we saw most websites have left side navigation. There's still plenty out there. If you remember those days, everything was down the left-hand yeah. side and fixed, and then the content scrolled down the right. Parallax, I think, is very common, and it works really well on mobile phones. If it's used mm -hmm. in a subtle way, it can look quite slick. It can make quite a difference to a website. The other popularity I've seen quite a lot of now are just one-page websites, which are basically vertically scrolling sites, which for mobile users probably don't know is the difference but desktop users when they click a top navigation for contact us all it's doing is just scrolling to the to the bottom of a very long page yeah that i'm finding is very popular with small businesses that may not have a great deal of content and it's embarrassing when you click on about us or other navigation items and you've just got a single paragraph and a large picture years ago long scrolling pages wasn't something that we built that often because google also had a limit how much it would read on a single page but that's all changed because of mobile phones so long scrolling pages are now very acceptable and google no longer has a limit yeah and the again it comes back to mobile doesn't it the trend in scrolling websites is led largely by mobile and the fact that they can and do work on a desktop as well seems to be something that is being more and more commonly used i think yes definitely we're also seeing other trends disappear such as large amounts of animation with the killing off of Adobe Flash. Right. We can thank Apple for that because they never included it on the iPhone, but it was time it went. It was a bit clunky. But if we think five, 10 years ago, websites would quite often have quite a lot of heavy animation. We're losing a lot of that, but HTML version five has introduced that back again. So we're almost gone full circle, but the last five years, we've seen a lot of animation being dropped off websites and then replaced with scrolling or parallax or the checkerboard was another alternative yeah so one of the things that seems very popular at the moment are website design platforms like squarespace and weebly and wix and these platforms where you can effectively build your own website now 
What are your views on how effective those types of web platforms are? Generally, they're, they're very good. There's, I mean, most of those that you've mentioned are actually free and they are literally just yeah. one click to install and then drag and drop. I think this has changed web development considerably because they are off-the-shelf systems, ready-made templates, and in some cases can actually remove the need of a designer and a developer if you're just after a yeah. simple, low-cost website. And the simpler systems such as Wix and Weebly cater more for the average user, but can actually give some great results. The other systems you mentioned, Joomla, Drupal, uh, Magento, which I've used, do require a lot more setting up and can get a little bit technical. The overall king, as far as I'm concerned, but WordPress in terms of choice and options is without a doubt the king. I think it has, if I remember rightly, 60% of the market in terms of content management systems. I've also read that WordPress now powers 27% of the entire internet, which is staggering when you consider it was designed just as a simple blogging platform. That's the thing that gets me with WordPress, to be honest, because, I mean, when I first started blogging sort of eight years ago plus, I was using Google's blogger platform because it was so simple. And then I tried various things and ended up at WordPress. But it's now moved from being a blogger's web platform to being, a like you say, a full website hosting and build and everything. I mean, I wouldn't consider using anything else now. I'm exactly the same. Only five years ago, I would be recommending the likes of Magento so if you wanted a top e-commerce website, it was extremely powerful. Now, I wouldn't give it a second thought. It would be WordPress. And WordPress actually dominates the e-commerce market now too. And there's, there's nothing you can't find for WordPress in terms of plugins and add-ons. The difference between WordPress and the others that we mentioned, those are designed more for the average casual user. You can even use mobile phones to change the layout and design. Yeah. But WordPress really, if you're wanting a commercial website that's going to be lasting for many years, I think WordPress is the answer. But there is a downside to some of these systems. The downside to WordPress, for example, is it's open source. That is to say, all the code is available for free. So it will also mean the hackers will know how it works and therefore any weaknesses they may have. So it's critical they're updated, just like you would on your desktop, your phone, your laptop, need security updates to keep them ahead of the hackers. As a developer, that's what's kept me more so in business is automatic updates on these systems can often cause problems. They can even crash it. So another consideration on these systems is the security. With the likes of Weebly, Wix, One-on-One, -on -one, GoDaddy, they tend to be closed systems. That means they are owned and tested and updated by their team of developers. No visibility of the server code whatsoever. They're probably teams of specialist developers and in theory know their software well, meaning in theory they know any potential vulnerabilities. As a programmer, we often tongue-in-cheek refer it to as security through obscurity. WordPress is, yeah, open source. You've got to make sure you've got a backup in process and you've got the ability to restore if the updates fail. There are pros and cons to both. Yeah, it's funny. You said something in there about plugins. And one thing that I've noticed, whenever I need something with WordPress, I tend to email you and say, uh, do you know how I can do this? And you say, here, go and download this plugin. And it's almost like whatever you want, there's a plugin for it. There is. There is. It, I've yet to find a plugin that can't do what I need. And, and over the last five years, I've got a folder on my desktop and right. there are hundreds in there. Um, half of them are purchased and bought and licensed. Uh, the other half are freebie plugins and there's an awful lot of free ones out there. So yeah, you want to embed a Facebook feed or a Twitter feed on the homepage, your website. It's just a few clicks. And the same for e-commerce. New credit cards are coming online all the time. Credit cards, fulfillment systems, I should say. So adding PayPal, Stripe, SagePay, all of those are available usually as a free plugin. There's very few systems that have that. 
that's where you'll struggle if you were using Wix or Weebly and then suddenly needed a particular feed or embedded document. Uh, you may struggle to do that with those systems. It's funny because it's taken me, <laughs> how long have we been working together? Quite a long time. It's taken me years to actually get my head around the fact that just go and look for a plugin. Don't bother Richard all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind being asked at all. Over the years, I've bought developer licenses. So quite often I'll have a, an unlimited license because obviously if I'm building it on one site and it works, I'm going to reuse it again for the next client because I know it's reliable. The other issue, going back full circle to what I was mentioning about security, when you buy a plugin as well, it is important that you see that that plugin is still being developed or is still being updated because as we speak this very morning, there's been another security update from WordPress. It had no less than 21 bug fixes in it, plus a brilliant important security fix right but that's not to say that wordpress is not secure it's got a good track record but the same for plugins um, you've got to keep on on top of it and i actually thought that these self-built web platforms would affect my business i think if anything it's probably hit designers harder because of the availability and good choice of quality templates that you can get for wordpress okay that's interesting yeah so so the development side you're there's still a demand but like you say, the templates mean that the designer's time is perhaps not as required as, as it was. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's restricting designers in their freedom, if you like, of terms of new designs. But it's still amazing what designers can do when presented with a client that's chosen a ready-made template and the designer can take it one step further. I mean, at the end of the day, you always need a designer to create things like new logos or manage your images correctly. Sure. Um, so big question. Do you think anyone can build their own website nowadays? Yes, and easily now, which is frustrating from my point of view, even on mobile devices, which only a few years ago was probably nearly impossible. I don't think designing a website on a phone or tablet will ever replace a desktop or a laptop, even though many of us are publishing to the web, if you think about it, via social media from a mobile device. Yep. But most of the web hosting companies I've mentioned, they've all got one-click installations. In fact, I think all of those I've mentioned have actually got one-click WordPress installation. But it all comes back down to the most important thing I've discovered in 20-odd years of building websites. It comes down to time and patience. And in my experience, it's those two assets which are the rarest in people when it comes to having no option due to a limiting budget. Clients have gone and tried these one-click installations, get halfway, lose interest, or give up, or come across a technical problem. That's what I've experienced personally. It's only a selected few that can probably have the time and patience to go all the way. And you know yourself, I've seen quite a few of your sites and they look fantastic and you've had the time and patience to do it and they look good. Yeah, and, and you're right. Patience is a good word, actually, because designing a site beyond, like you say, the one-click installations is... It does take time, but I mean, I, I think it's worth it. Well the, other, well, the other way around as well. I mean, I've created WordPress sites for clients because they wanted our content management system so they can update it and put a blog on the site. They have great intentions to update it and maintain it, but simply run out of time or forget, or, or yeah. they come back to me with Richard. Uh, here's a Word document. Could you please put this online? It's been six months since we've done any blog for ages. We've forgotten how to do it. Yeah. And this is what I was saying, that I thought WordPress would kill off a lot of my business. It's not. It's, I'm actually busier than ever. Then 90% of my time working in WordPress, updating items which the client is meant to be doing. That's the whole point of WordPress. So just to finish off then, what do you think is important in a website now? I mean, is it being mobile first? Is it the speed of the site? Is it how it looks? I mean, what, what are the most important elements do you think? I don't like the way we're going, to be honest, because I think we are heading very much for mobile first being the, the more principal 
element of the website, which is a shame when you think of what can be done on a 4K or HD large monitor as a compromise has to be made so the content works on all sizes. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of going from LP vinyl, I'm old enough to have a large vinyl collection, then moving to CD and now to MP3. The album artwork has suffered, even if the content remains the same in terms of music. Yeah. I think we're at that point of internet history where we, we can all download large content off the internet because most of us have Wi-Fi or 4G, but we're using handheld devices on a small five-inch screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really interesting, actually. That's um, that's a really good background in, in what has been happening and what is going to happen, hopefully, and, and what we're expecting. If anyone wants to get hold of me and talk further, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> that's a sore topic. For 10 years, I've been trying to develop my own site. I think they call it a busman's holiday. <laughs> I've never actually got around to doing it. And going back to one of your questions about trends, and I keep seeing a, a new trend and thinking, wow, that's a great idea. And you know how long it takes to develop a site by the time I finished, I think, oh, that's that's rubbish. That's just, no, I can't do that. So unfortunately, I don't have a website, can you believe it? But um, anyone can always just email me if they're interested at richard at exo.co.uk. I'm more than happy if someone's got a query about a plugin like yourself. I've actually about to start doing uh, WordPress repairs. I've discovered quite a large amount of business that people need, which is hundreds of web WordPress websites not being maintained. I've just gone and registered WordPress doctor uk, which I thought was quite cool, nice. which I thought, yeah, there's a lot of businesses that have been using WordPress now for two or three years. They're getting neglected because people are actually scared to hit the update button. Yeah. But you've got any listeners out there that are afraid to do that just drop me an email if i know the plugin well or know what version of wordpress you've got i can tell you whether it's safe but i would always say the same thing get yourself a backup plugin first and foremost if you've not done so yeah fantastic okay well thank you very much for your time today really appreciate it and um yeah hopefully uh, people will be in touch thank you If you've enjoyed today's show, you should check out Digital Download Live, the interactive digital marketing conference for PR, comms and digital media professionals. It's happening on the 26th of April in London, and we'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influencer marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.